podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 45. This week, let's talk about the ways we do and don't ask for things and help and how learning to ask and to give can actually be beneficial. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. And just a quick aside, if this episode, any past episodes, any blog posts, anything that I put out as the Smut Lancer is ever helpful or useful to you and growing your um, income or your audience, please feel free to share whatever has helped you so that more people can discover that I'm here. (laughs) This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Is 2019 the year you want to grow your income and track it? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of my expenses, and to pay my quarterly taxes, which I just did for the last quarterly payment of 2018, and it was painful. (laughs) Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's still great just to track your income, no matter how big or small. Uh, If you use my special link, you'll save 50% off the cost for a full year. That means you can get it for as low as $5 a month for a year. Just go to the link bit.ly slash smutlancer. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash smutlancer, bit.ly slash smutlancer. Or just use the link in the show notes and make 2019 the year you watch your smutlancer income grow. Okay, so I have no idea if this week's episode is going to be long and rambly or short and sweet. Have no clue. It wasn't one of those topics that was burning a hole in my head. Like I have to talk about this now. Like some topics are, those tend to be the ranty ones. Um, But it is something that I encounter every single day in all aspects of my blogging life. So uh, as the smut lancer, um, I deal with asks either um, receiving them or, or actually asking for something. Um, certainly on loving BDSM, masturbation Monday, Kayla Lords. Like when you are a person who creates content for the internet that you want people to find and consume and do something with your whole life is about asking quite frankly. Um, but I think that there's some confusion about it, um, depending on your personality and sort of what kind of where you're at on the spectrum of the ask. Are you the one doing the asking? Are you the one getting the asks, right? So the three I'm going to um, talk about most, focus on, let's put it that way, um, are the ones that I deal with most. And that's asking for help, asking for time, which sometimes is directly correlated to asking for help, and asking for money. Okay. And in some way, shape or form, we all deal with these three things. If we're trying to get better at what we do, build an audience, make some money, whether you're trying to make a little bit of money just to pay for your self-hosting or you're trying to make it a career, uh, we are all involved in this, um, these types of asks. And I have seen varying opinions on them. Um, I sort of do what I do quietly and don't really talk about it, Um, but I feel like it's time to talk about it. And I'm not calling out anybody here. I definitely have a differing opinion from what I've seen uh, on Twitter, which that does not surprise me. I tend to have differing opinions with what I see on Twitter. Um, But I do look at uh, people asking for things of me and me asking for things of people in very specific ways um, that I that haven't been perfect and I'm still figuring it out. But 
I don't think have hurt me over the years either. So, because even when something does not directly benefit you, as in you don't directly get that job, you don't directly get that amount of money that maybe you were asking for, it is experience and it is something to take and grow from later as well. So um, those are the three asks, help, time, and money. And away we go. So I think I receive many more asks for help than I ask for help. That for me is a trust issue. Um, I don't like to even admit I need help. John Brownstone can tell you that. (laughs) He's my trusted life partner and I don't always like asking him for help. Um, And I think there's a lot of us like that, that it's very difficult for us and and we have our different reasons for it. Um, Some of it, you know, we might think that it's a perception of weakness or that we are ignorant or maybe we'll find out we should have known that and how dare we not know that. And and you don't always know when you are asking somebody for help, whether that's advice or can you physically help me do this thing? We don't know necessarily what reaction we're going to get. And so it does make many of us hesitant to ask for help. Um, most So me asking for help is fairly rare. Um, and I have a few trusted people whose viewpoints I respect and I know where they come from, meaning I kind of know their journey a little bit. I know their viewpoint on life. Even if I don't take their advice and it doesn't fit for me, I respect their advice. Um, The first time I realized though, that I could really respect somebody, really like somebody, admire them, be inspired by them, ask for their advice and ask for their help with something, and then not take that advice was mind blowing. I don't know if it is my um, submissive nature in the BDSM way, or if it's my um, sort of the thing I've always done, which is try to, you know, do what I'm told. The it's probably my submissive thing, that whole good girl thing. I don't know, but it wrecked me the first time I went to somebody who I really, really trust listened to what they had to say and realized for them, that's the right answer, but that doesn't work for me and that I could reject it. Like that was, that was life-changing quite frankly. Um, but it is hard for me to ask for help or advice. It doesn't mean I don't. It means that I tend to do it very privately and with certain trusted people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's sort of like having your group, your cohort, your your people that you know that even if you don't always agree with them, they're giving you the best advice they can. They're not blowing smoke up your ass. They're not saying what they think you want to hear. They're not just regurgitating old crap that doesn't actually work, but makes them sound smart. And if you are going to sort of practice the art of asking for advice and help from people you feel know more than you do or can help you in some way, that would be my recommendation. Find the the people you trust and that you feel will be kind when they respond to you. Um, I think that some of the tweets I've seen in the past, I haven't seen any recently, thank thank goodness for that because they do set my teeth on edge, where somebody sends a question to a blogger and I don't know if they get an answer back. We never get to know that part, but what we do get to see is that person anonymously being blasted on Twitter for having the audacity to ask a question. Um, That 
That's my, that bothers me because my philosophy is that I've never been hurt by being generous. Has somebody tried to take advantage of me? Of course they have. Do some people not understand boundaries and will trample all through them to get what they want from you? Yes, I experience that all the time. But to take when it works for me five to 10 minutes to help somebody, um, it has not hurt me as a smut lancer, as a blogger, as an audience builder, as a content creator. Sometimes those questions, uh, hello, some of the questions I get as the smut lancer t- turn into podcast episodes and blog posts. Like it's perfect fodder. Um, but what I have found is the last person I'm ever going to go to, to ask a question of is the type of person who will blast somebody anonymously. Like you're not inspiring this confidence that, oh, I'm here to actually help other people. Even if you are there to help other people, how would anybody know that if the moment you get a question, you don't feel like answering or don't think was an appropriate question, you pile on to some poor anonymous person. And some of those questions are problematic. They should not be asking those things. But I tend to look at if you'll do it to that person who is not being named and might have just out of ignorance asked a bad question. What will you do to me if you don't like my question? Right? Like it, that does not inspire that confidence and trust that I'm going to come ask you for help. So it's fine to have a policy that you're not answering unsolicited questions. If that's your policy and we all get to have boundaries, cool. But it does make it harder to then turn around and ask for help because we are all going to need help and advice at some point. I do not know everything. There are times when I have an idea of how I should handle something, but I'm not sure if that's the right way or maybe somebody who's been there, done that, has a better solution for me or has a different perspective that I can think about. Quite frankly, a lot of the things I've done with uh, blogging memes, you know who I've gone and talked to? I've talked to Molly Moore, I've talked to Marie Rebel. Why? Because they've done this longer and so therefore they have seen more, therefore their perspective is something that I value and I trust. Even if I don't take their advice, at least I get their perspective and another way to think of something. So we all need help from time to time. So the art of asking for actual help from somebody else. Um, a lot of people have been doing this to me lately and I think it's very sweet and I understand that, that where they're coming from, so I don't mind it, but it is strange to me personally. They'll, I'll get a, a message that says, can I ask you a question? And my snarky, uh, sarcastic self from grade school wants to say, well, you just did. I don't do that. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to anybody. But I always say yes, go ahead, because now one, I'm curious. I want to know what 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 is your question. Um, and two, I do appreciate somebody would make sure I've got the time to even take the question or the bandwidth to take the question. I've never said no to anybody though, and I'm not gonna say no. What I might say is that is a good question. I don't have the bandwidth to answer it right now. Can I give? Can you give me some time on this? You know, do you have time to wait for me to answer? Uh, if not, let me point you to people who might be willing to answer that question as well. Um, but that is one way to do it, especially if you're unsure. If you've never asked this person a question before, please ask them if you can ask them a question. I think that that's perfectly appropriate. Um, for all of those people who do that to me and I've answered every question you've ever sent me, please, you don't have to ask me anymore. Just just send me the question. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I also, um, I don't expect that like over on Loving BDSM where I answer a lot of questions because I've said in many, many podcast episodes, if you have a question, send me an email. Like I open that up. I make that known. If you're dealing with somebody who has done that um, and they've said openly in many, many times in many ways, here, 
feel free and send me a question. Now, my new caveat I've had to learn to add is I cannot answer them all immediately. One, I don't always have the time. And two, my mental health will sometimes prevent that. If I'm anxious or if I'm depressed, oh no, it's not happening. It's got to wait till I cycle through. However, if I'm manic, I will answer all the questions quickly <laughs> because that's what mania does to me. Um, so if you're, if you, Find somebody that you feel like maybe they could be somebody, they're a resource you trust. Maybe you already trust the content that they're putting out and maybe they've made it known. Maybe they haven't. Start with the, hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? That kind of thing, especially if you're talking to them through social media. If they're an email, just send the email. I don't know why people get really torn up over emails. If they get emails they don't like, that's what the delete button is for. Like just hit delete. There have been, I used to have a personal rule that if I got an email, I answered every email. Oh no. One, I don't have time for that crap. And two, some emails are just crap and they're unsolicited and they're they're beside the point and they're not actually to help anybody. And there are just some emails that just don't get a response. Um, so I think an email, just send your question. But if you're talking on social and it's the first time or you're still, even if it's the second or third time and you're not sure about the person, yes, ask, ask first. Can I ask you a question? I you know, could use some advice. Um, the other part of that art is in getting those questions. So the longer you do a thing, the longer you're a blogger, the longer you make money at something, the longer you talk about what you do, um, whether that's a kink thing or a, a professional thing or whatever, um, if you begin to become to some people, whether it's a handful or it's a whole bunch, you become some kind of trusted resource who they think you're going to know about a thing, either because you have talked about it or they in their minds have connected the thing you do with this other thing that you have a question about. I talk a lot about kink, but I talk about kinky sex. So people tend to ask me sex questions. I run Masturbation Monday, so I get a lot of questions about masturbation and orgasms. It's good for them that I actually can speak uh, about these topics, but that's how people's minds work. They go, oh, you know about this thing, so maybe you know about that thing too, right? Okay, so eventually, I think all of us who are long-term whether a little bit or a lot, get some form of question. Somebody connects with us, thinks we're going to know about a thing, and they reach out and they ask the question. The art of handling somebody who is asking, I think is always, well, let me not say always, most of the time to be as generous as you can. Protect your boundaries. Do only what is right for you. I mean, you are under no obligation to help somebody just because they've asked. That's always been true. And sometimes, like I said, some emails you're gonna get, they're completely inappropriate and shouldn't be answered anyway, um, unless you like messing with people who are messing with you. I mean, you know, whatever your personality is. But I do get, I do cringe a little bit when I see the thinking that if you want me to answer a question, you better pay me first. I think that's a short-term game. Unless you're a consultant or a coach and that's how you're branding yourself. If you're branding yourself that you will answer anything but there's a payment for it, okay. I don't have to agree with that for that to be a valid way to do it. Um, but if you're putting out free content, I don't know. It's hard for me because one, I look at things through a different prism. Part of it is, and this is going to sound mercenary, and I know it's going to sound mercenary, but we're the smut lancer around here. So I'm trying to make some money, right? It's about brand building. If I 
can help this person. And if not help them, I get very upset with myself when I can't give advice that helps you. I mean, we've talked, I've got an episode in the archive about, you know, the art of, of giving advice, you know, advice on giving advice, I think is what I called it. Um, and it's a tricky thing. Um, and sometimes their problem is too big or I'm not the one who can help them. And I am not afraid to tell somebody I am not the person who can help you with this. Here are some sources, your resources I think might be able to help you because I want you to get help for this issue. Um, but I just, I know, I know from now years of experience that when I give a little of my time and I try to be a little generous beyond the, here's all the content I've pumped out on all these blogs, you build an audience that way. You d- build a devoted fan base. I've got people who they remember more about me than I'll ever remember about them. And they'll, it might go a year between emails and go, you might not remember this, but I emailed you way back here to ask about this and thank you so much. And, you know, and they remember those things and they remember when you answer back honestly. They remember when you, Um, continue to be who you are. So there's the persona we put out there when we're creating content. And some of it is absolutely a persona. We need to be able to protect ourselves, whether it's our anonymity or our mental health or whatever. But if part of your whole brand is, I'm gonna tell you how it is and I'm here to help you and I'm here to educate the masses or whoever is paying attention in this moment, when you let that carry through to a one-on-one basis for a quick email, you build a you build your brand and you create a more devoted fan. Now you cannot guarantee that they will stick with you for the rest of whatever, but that's how I've built a lot of my fan base is by being real, by genuinely trying to help, by not pretending I have all the answers and quite frankly, by being generous with my time. And that's where the the asking for help and asking for time kind of intermingle because When somebody sends you an email, they are asking for your time. They're asking for your time in thinking about their problem and reading that in crafting an answer. Now I have found because, partly because some questions people have and that's in BDSM and that's in writing and that's in making money and that's across the spectrum of all the things I I create content about. A lot of questions come up over and over again. And so, especially over on the loving BDSM side, when I get certain questions, I'll give them a personalized answer, but I now have the content to go, hey, to get more, to really dig into this, to maybe help you with this, click this link right here, because I probably have something here where you can help yourself. Because I am not here to be everybody's therapist and I'm not here to fix everybody's problem. And if I wanted to be a consultant, I would set myself up as one and I would charge for my time. Um, But will I take five minutes, 10 minutes max. If it's more than 10 minutes, then I will give a very small answer and go, look, I'm either not the one to help you or you might have to pay my consulting fee because this is a massive thing. I do not, I can't give you the hour that this requires. That does have value to it. Um, But my thing is, even when I have to tell them, no, I can't help them or um, I can only give them this little bit of help, some general help, if they want more, you know, personalized help, yes, they will have to pay for that. And I have done that before. I've done that for an adult brand, an e-commerce store, and my consulting fee was paid and they got an hour of my time and we dug deep on their thing, right? They asked for my time and because they knew they wanted more than the five to 10 minutes that I might normally give somebody, they were willing to pay for it. That's the thing 
as you were the one asking for help and asking for advice, you are asking for time. So therefore you need to think about what that might mean. And yes, when you reach out to somebody, they are perfectly welcome to say, I would love to help you, but this kind of thing I do through my consulting, um, we can do, you know, 30 minutes for this price or an hour for that price. That is, they absolutely, and I have no problem with that. I'm not going to knock anybody who does that. Um, especially if that's how they make their money and the career they're choosing for themselves and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you have to be aware of that. And you also have to be aware, I have to be aware that by being willing to help so many people and take the questions that I get through Twitter, through email, through Instagram, oh my gosh, I get, and poor Instagram messages get lost. They'll go to the other folder that you have to go like manually check or whatever. And sometimes they'll sit there for a week before I see them and then I feel bad it's a complicated mess. But you also have to think if you're the one getting these questions, of your time, you do have to be cognizant of it. I do, I, it's hard for me to be very mercenary with my time. If I know that the answer will take me five minutes, if I know it'll take me 10 minutes, I'm not, I'm not even, it's like, I'm just going to answer it because I know what I'm building by doing that. I'm building goodwill. I'm building trust. I'm creating a stronger fan. Who's like, hell yeah, I will help support this show in whatever way I can, financially or not. A social share and telling your friends about a thing we do has value and has a long-term value. So I don't always need their money right away. I need them to tell people that how great my thing is that I'm making. And I think we all need that in this world where all the big names want to shut down sex and hide us away and act like we don't exist and make it harder to find us we need fans who love us to then go tell other people they know, hey, you need to go read this blog. Hey, you need to go listen to this podcast. This is how we grow. And I have found it's how you grow long-term and sustainably. So you use the tricks of the trade and all that, but you also like connect with your audience and you build fans and you are real with them when it's one-on-one, just like hopefully you are real with them when you're just blasting your content out there. But there is a time factor. So we are always free to look at a question, look at a request and go, I, I can't, that's too big. If you, I will help you with this. Here's what it will cost you. Or that's too much for me. I can't do that. Here's a resource that might help you. Um, I have had to learn over the years not to let myself feel pressured as the asks come in, as the demands on my time come in, that I have control over that. So what that means is if I get a batch of emails and it's all cyclical, like it'll be really quiet for several weeks and then there'll be a flurry of questions that come in and that's fine. If I'm not in a good space to answer a question, it waits. If I'm in the middle of something, the thing I'm doing takes precedence. My schedule will take precedence. I now answer um, listener and reader emails kind of on the periphery of my day. Like I'll try and start my day and get the easy ones answered. And then in the evening or on the weekend or when I can really just sit down and like focus on it, then I answer those other questions. The things where the answers come to me fairly easily because it's like my lived experience, I might answer those as I'm going. I've done that a lot through Twitter DMs personally. I I try to answer those kind of quickly. Uh, That, and because Twitter DMs tend to get lost. Like I've got, 
I don't know. I've got all kinds of things I probably read because they got lost in Twitter. Um, but I have to be cognizant of my time. So if you start getting these questions, if you open yourself up for it and you tell people, you can ask me questions, that's fine. I don't mind. You know, talk to me about this. Let's whatever. Or the longer you create content, the longer you're out there, the more people start to kind of go, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. I will ask them this. And it comes unsolicited. You're in control of your time. So you can look at that email and it might take you a minute. It'll certainly take practice to kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can decide not right now, or I'm not qualified, or I can give them a basic answer, but if they want something more, they're going to have to pay for it. And here's how this works. Like you have that control and power. And I think sometimes the questions come in and some of us, I'm one of these types of people, we want to help people. We are flattered that they're asking. We can maybe see their pain or their confusion. We know and answer what works for us kind of thing. Um, and we want to help them and we don't want to let people down. That has always been my problem. I don't want to let anybody down. Well, by not letting anybody else down, I was constantly letting myself down. Either I wasn't getting stuff done or I was wrecking my mental health or I was like really stressed all the time. And I had to control my time. Nobody else gets to make demands on my time unless they're paying for it. Now that I do agree, okay? I have had people who like hammered me with messages because I wasn't answering fast enough. And I was like, honey, you don't pay my mortgage, okay? You do not get this demand on my time, nor are you my dominant partner. You do not get this demand on my time, right? So there are people who don't understand boundaries and there are people that you're gonna have to go, whoa, 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 this is not how this works. There are people who wanted a really personalized, in-depth, will you look at my blog? Will you read my 5,000 words? Will you do this? And I said, sure, for this amount of money and we'll schedule a time to do this. Yeah, I'll do it for money. I'm not sure I want it to be part of my career. I'm on the fence about that, but you can do that, okay? So now when you are the person asking, so we're back up to that first one, you've asked for advice, you've asked for help, you have to be cognizant of the other person's time. I have found most creators and content creators and bloggers and podcasters are really sensitive to this. Even if you're not getting your own asks for help or advice yet, when you are reaching out to somebody, at least in my experience, everybody has been really, really kind. I'm constantly apologizing that it took me so long to answer it. And they're all like, no, 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 we, this was, this is fine. So I think that's the key. Once you find the people who you trust to ask your question and you find that they are receptive to your questions, um, then you have to think about their time. And I think most of us do. I think sometimes we forget to say, and I do this, I'm asking a question and I, I know that I'm not gonna get an answer immediately, nor do I expect one. And even from my closest friends are like, I am so sorry, I can't answer this right now. I'm like, it's fine, answer me when you can. So what I have to remember is to add to that message, this is a question for when you have time. Uh, poor Molly Moore gets most of my questions. I'm like, I know you're sleeping right now because our time zone different. I know you're sleeping right now. So when you get a chance, uh, I also know that she's dealing with eroticon from now through eroticon. And guess who will not be uh, pestering her with questions until after eroticon is done. <laughs> Because I know that because I, I know her and I know what's going on with me. And so I know how precious my time is. So I'm going to be respectful of her time. And because we have forged a relationship with one another, we are genuine friends. 
you know, it's a little bit looser and, you know, less strange when you're asking somebody you've never asked for help before, but you still have to respect their time, their energy, where they're at in life and know that you're basically asking for free help. So sit back and like be patient. Um, And I I do think that the vast majority of content creators are really, really good at this because we all kind of get it. Um, I think it's remembering that in reverse. Quite frankly, I can honestly tell you that a lot of people who email me uh, under loving BDSM because of something they heard on the podcast or whatever we've talked about. And even if it takes me a week to respond, probably 75% of them come back later in some way, whether it's a reply to the email or somewhere else. And like, I'm just shocked you responded at all. I have sent these kinds of questions out before and got no response. That breaks my heart because these people pour out their hearts and souls to me. And I'm thinking, you sent something like this to somebody else and didn't, didn't get anything back? Not even like a, like, I don't I don't know. And yet I know we all get to, to manage our time the way that works for us. So I'm not knocking anybody. It's just because of how I'm wired, that's very difficult for me. Um, so when you get those asks for advice and help that do require your time, and they all require time, Um, think about what you want to do, where you're at at that moment, where you're trying to get, what kind of connection you want with your audience. Um, and if it's an appropriate thing for you to even help them with, truly, I do get some lewd, gross, yuck, you know, non-consensual kind of things. And those, those don't even get a second glance, delete, we move on, right? Let's block that person on social, whatever I need to do, fine. And I think we're all smart enough to know the difference between that kind of crap And the people who are like, I'm genuinely in pain or I'm genuinely concerned and you wrote this thing or you said this thing and I think maybe you can help me. If you can't help them, that's fine. If you, if that's not what you do, that's a boundary of yours, that's fine. But think about those things and try to figure out what works best for you and if you ever ask me my advice, I'm going to tell you, you have to do what's right for you, but I have never, ever, ever lost out other than time when I'm generous, as long as I respect my personal boundaries and my my ways of doing it. As long as I don't get myself so wrapped up in the idea that, oh, they emailed me at 11 o'clock this morning, so clearly I need to answer by 11.05. No, fuck that, okay? They might not get an answer for three or four days because, Not every email has to be answered immediately. I really wish we could like change that culture again. I remember when you used to get excited if you sent an email and like a week later you got an email back, okay? Now it's like I sometimes get an email, then get a follow-up email about why I haven't replied to the first email. And that's not from people asking for help, but that does happen and it's very annoying. So don't think you have to respond immediately. Figure out what your boundaries are, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Um, But if you want to be the type of person who gets questions and helps people and is sought after for advice and you, you know, can increase your incredibility, your incredibility, wow, huh, increase your credibility that way, you're also incredible by the way, Um, you know, maybe don't blast questions you don't like on social media because you're going to make it so nobody wants to ask you a question. Okay, so the last one is the biggie. And I think it's where a lot of us struggle. We struggle on one end or another of the spectrum, and that is asking for money. Now, the reason I put this in one is because it is something even I struggle with. Two, I do want to tie it to the advice and the time. 
Not everybody, not all the time with zero guarantee. But as my audiences have grown in whatever capacity, as I have offered help, as I have given of myself I, you know, in a as generous way that I can while still protecting my mental health and everything else, um, I have increased my audience, increased my earnings, and incre- money goes up too. It's slow. It is not steady. It is not a one for one. You can't guarantee that because you answered that person's question, they're going to go, you know, use your affiliate link or become a patron or whatever it is. There is no guarantee of it, but it is a part of audience building and the larger your audience, typically the more money you can start to make in different ways. So I put all these together because there is a connection to me. Not everybody's gonna see it that way, that's okay. The asking for money though, as a way to learn how to ask, we have two ends of a spectrum here and the vast majority of people live at one end or another. You are either with me where you hardly ever ask, you feel very, very strange for putting out your buy my this or click this link or become a patron on Patreon or whatever. Like it weirds you out. You're very uncertain. Why would anybody do this? Is anybody going to call you out for this? What does this mean? What happens if they don't? Ah, And it's very difficult. And that's where I have kind of been most of my time spent online trying to make money. Then there's the other end of the spectrum, and I have met many uh, erotic authors who fall into this camp, and that is the, the only thing I'm gonna talk about is the thing you can buy for me. Every tweet, every Instagram post, every this, every that. I'm not trying to build a connection. I'm not trying to, to build a community. I'm not trying to build an audience. I'm trying to get you to buy my shit. And it's two total opposite ends of the spectrum, and what we need to do is come to the middle. And that's the art of asking for money. Now, there is um, the overt ask. Here's, you know, buy me a coffee. Here's my PayPal donate link. Here, become a patron. You are overtly saying, pay your money that will go directly to me and you will get more of what you already gotten. You might get a special perk, but just pay me money because you think I'm great or because I've helped you. That is one ask for money. Then there is the I liked this product or I like this company. Here's my special link. You use the link. You get a thing that you buy. Yay for you. And I make a small commission. Hey, that is a slightly less overt ask for money. You're asking them to spend money, but they're going to get something directly in return. And you're going to get a teeny tiny little portion of that money. Then there are the asks of, um, with companies where it's like advertising or sponsor posts, right? And I think some of us either, there's a spectrum there too. That's either really easy to do or really hard to do. It's actually really hard for me to do. I've got great relationships with several companies that if I would just approach them, they might be willing to work with me on that. But do I approach them? No, because I find it very difficult to ask for that kind of money. Some of that is about how we see ourselves that we don't necessarily see ourselves as somebody that somebody else would want to spend money with. So we find it very difficult to ask. Um, Some of it is just, we're new to it. We've never had to do it before. um, And we don't want to come across as spammy and gross. Um, And quite frankly, if what I know about you online, I might know about you. Like I know you, I've met you. uh, I know you write this. I know you create this. But if my impression of you from a social media stance is, oh yeah, that's the person always selling X product your balance is off, okay? Because what sells, part of it is a volume thing. The bigger your audience, legit audience, not bought 
audience, the more likely it is that you're going, that that link is going to be clicked, that people are going to become patrons, that whatever you're asking them to do, it is a numbers game. Okay. Two, it is about consistency. And this is a conversation I have with John Brownstone about his um, wood turning businesses. And he's got the kinky fuckery stuff. And then he's got his like vanilla stuff with pins and bowls and beautiful work. And, and I have to remind him that just because you told somebody two weeks ago about this thing you're doing, nobody remembers that. Nobody is keeping that in their head. We are all busy. We all have a lot of other things going on. We all have to be reminded of stuff. So the art of asking for money is a delicate, delicate balance. I think that if you go back to time and advice and you want to offer yourself up as a consultant where if they'll pay you X amount of dollars, we talked about rates in the last episode, I'll be up front. I'm a hundred dollars an hour. You want to sit and have a conversation with me about your business, about your book, about your, whatever you think I think I can help you with. I'm a hundred dollars an hour. Now usually get the first question for free. So you might not even need me after that, but that's how I do it. It's like anything else. It's a number you got to feel like you can live with. Right? So that kind of thing is a is a balance in that you have to figure out what your time is worth and where you're going to ask for money and what you're going to ask for money for. But then you also have to balance it with you can't always be asking for money. You have to ask for money. You know, and I it, I made it ask for money, but it's promote yourself, promote your link, promote your Patreon, whatever it is you're doing. Right? You have to do that with a balance of enough so people know about it so that you'll strike that one person who sees it at the perfect right time and they go, oh yeah, I meant to do that. Tell John Brownstone that with his pins and his paddles all the time. I'm like, one post every two weeks is not going to do anything for you. Just like one salesy post every hour is going to drive people away. You have to find the balance. I personally have not found that balance. I find that when I fall off and forget to do self-promotion a lot for a long time, two or three months, when I come back and I'm like a week, I'm like, oh, look, I have figured this out and I'm going to do this. No, really, this time I'm going to do it. I'll pick up a couple people and then I'll die off again. And then I'll go through this awful cycle that is not sustainable, is not building revenue, but it's because I find it hard to ask for money. So I like what some people I see do, sex bloggers do, where they will write a sexy story or they'll write a post and maybe at the end, they'll link to an affiliate. Like, especially if they mention a toy or a product or a whatever, and they're like, hey, this sound good to you? Here's this affiliate link, you'll help me. And some people do it with buy me a coffee, which by the way, both the ko-fi coffee and the buy me a coffee hq are not friendly to sex um content and anybody doing anything about sex online um so far i don't think i've had mine shut down but they don't always tell you when they shut your uh, account down if you use that um you know, and so they, they give you something, they give you content. And then at the end they pop in a, Hey, did you love this? Here's where you can support me so I can make more of it. Um, it's just a reminder. It's not in your face. It's not the first thing you see. It's a, I, hopefully I gave you something really good that you really liked. And did I create a fan for life? Great here. Here's how you can like help do more of this. Um, I like when people do stuff out on Twitter, they're like, here, I made this thing for my patrons on Patreon. If you want to see this thing I made, become a patron. Like there are some great ways of doing it. I'm not that good at it. Uh, John Brownstone is actually good at it when he focuses on it because he takes 
good pictures of his product and you're like, oh, hell yeah. And there are a lot of tips and tricks and I have not talked a lot about the promotion promotion and self-promotion and making money off of that. Um, the tips and tricks, because I'm still learning them too. And I haven't found a magic button yet for any of that. Um, but it is an ask that we have to learn how to make. And the first part of it is if you are on the end of the spectrum that says, oh my God, this is really hard and I don't necessarily love doing this. The first thing you have to think about is that what you're doing has value. What you're doing has worth. And as long as you do not have the uh, outsized expectations that just because you've put out your Patreon link once or twice on Twitter, everybody's gonna sign up. If you remember that it's a numbers thing and a repetition thing, people need to be reminded, not too much. And you have to, your audience has to continuously grow. Uh, And part of that comes from the consistency we've talked about and being who you are. And like I said, I've said throughout this whole episode, being generous with my time when I can, when it's appropriate, when it's within my own boundaries has helped build that audience. It's not just that. You have to do all the things. You have to create the content. You have to be helpful in the content. You have to be engaging and interesting and like there's all the things. But that is one element that has helped me so that even when the dollar amount of my Patreon fluctuates up and down, and it does, the numbers of people involved stay kind of steady. Um, And that's really cool. Um, And so things will, as audiences get bigger, as I get better at going, hey, by the way, you can do this thing with us, then hopefully over time, those numbers go up. That's the plan anyway. Um, When you're at the other end of the spectrum where you think that the only way you can ever sell a thing is to put it in people's faces all the time, like you took that repetition um, and reminder thing to like the nth degree, I'm gonna need you to stop. Just do half of what you're doing and everybody will be really excited. Two, what we really wanna know is who the hell you are. I wanna know who you are and then find out yeah, you you got a book for sale and find out I like you as a person or you as a writer when you're giving me some access to some free content that is not a book excerpt. And then, oh, you've made me want more. Yeah, I'll buy your book. I'll buy your book. That's cool. Oh, you're giving away a freebie like prequel. Now you've got given me this taste for your three or $4 book. I'm here for that. But if all, and I've gotten into a, a point, and I think a lot of people have, especially on Twitter, if I realize that somebody I'm following is just always, always, always tweeting out a promotional thing and that's it, and I get nothing else from them, I unfollow. I'm, I do not have time for this. None at all. So um, it is an art. Um, I think most of the people that would listen to this show are with me at the other end of the spectrum, though, of the, oh, it's so hard to ask. Ah! Um, you kind of just have to do it. And I think when you do it in really natural ways, um, last night, the night before I recorded this episode, um, I finally updated my Patreon for, um, 2019. I tend to change what I offer, what the tiers are, this and that every year, because I have not found the thing that I can stick with long-term that also seems to be what people want. So that's like my new thing. I've been on Patreon for a few years now and every year I change it up. And I just finally got it changed up to new tiers and new offerings depending on your level. And that ended up being sort of like the perfect reason to go put it on Twitter. Now, 
I should be putting it out more often. I should be talking about it a little more often. Um, but that's how I like to do it. I like it to be a natural thing. So an affiliate link, I like it to be naturally within um, a post. I like it to make sense. I like the product I'm talking about to make sense. Um, I do like to rely on content and um, bringing more people to that piece of content and then letting them naturally click on an affiliate link. Um, you know, those are my preferred very passive methods. I'm pretty sure if I was a little less passive, I might make more money, who knows? Um, but all of this is, and it's an art, it's a way, it's not a science, it's a way of finding what works for you. And that is whether it's in asking for advice or giving it, giving of your time or asking for somebody else's time, especially with no pay, and then money. It is all an art and it all comes down to asking. You are asking somebody else to give something to you. Their time, their attention, their focus, their thoughts, their whatever, then their money. And then flip side as creators, we, over time, people start to ask us for those things in return. And there is no perfect way. There is only the way that works for you. Um, I will continue to say that... I will always try to be more generous than not. I will always try to give more of my time than maybe other people would because it has never hurt me. Now, when I have not protected my own boundaries, that hurts me, but that's my fault. <laughs> it's not the other person's fault. Those are choices I'm making that are not good for me. Um, it's, but if I open myself up for questions, then I have to then take care of myself to make sure I can answer those questions and still do all the other things. And I think that's where a lot of people get very hung up on is that they are asked these questions and they feel this pressure to answer these questions. And sometimes you're going to get a random asshole who will like demand something of you. They can demand all they want. Like I said, until they're paying your mortgage, they need to back up. Okay. But those are choices that we make and boundaries we create. And whether you are, if you are doing the asking, if you are asking somebody's time, asking somebody's advice, asking for somebody's money, you need to remember their boundaries and that they get to have their own boundaries. And if you are on the receiving end, think of your own boundaries and what works for you. Okay, there we go. Ah, that ended up turning into a long rant. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at The Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.